Hi everyone, my name is Brendan and welcome along to episode 7 of The Nerd Degree. If you're surprised to be hearing this episode right now, it's because we are now releasing episodes every two weeks instead of every month. We are still recording on the first Wednesday of every month just as normal, so if you want to come and see the show live, come along to Orange Studios here in Christchurch, New Zealand. Uh, as you may notice, we are always trying new things. So if you have any ideas or feedback, please uh, message me either nerddegree at gmail.com or through Facebook or Twitter. Anyway, is totally fine. I would love to hear from you. But now it's time for episode seven with your host, Matt Powell. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your nerds. <laughs> Thank you very much. Welcome to episode seven of The Nerd Degree, uh, The March of Progress. My name is Matt Powell, and tonight we're gonna to be talking a little bit about the more sciencey side of being a nerd. Uh, we've got our two teams lined up for you tonight. Let's say hello. Uh, over to my left, playing for team Live Cat. Why don't I'm, you start? I'm Jeff Clark. I am an improviser, comedian, and uh, general sci-fi fan. My name's Erin Harrington, I'm a lecturer in English at the local university and I'm writing a book about women in horror films. Um, my name's Andrew Todd, I'm the uh, gaming editor for BadassDigest.com and the co-director of Ghost Shark 2 Urban Jaws. Ladies and gentlemen, Team Live Cats! <laughs> and over on my right... Hi, I'm Sinjuri Chan, I'm a member of the 501st. I dress up in Star Wars costumes and say things like, move along. <laughs> My name is Derek Flores and I've just started reading iRobot A little bit too late for this show, but I'm hoping I can get through it in the first round Have you learned anything so far? I've, the first rule of uh, Robot Club is Don't talk about robots robot <laughs> My name is Brendan Bennett. I am a playwright and former host of a semi-popular nerd podcast <laughs> <laughs> Never again <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Team Dead Cats. And there's one more person I need to introduce to you tonight. Uh, over in the box, we have the severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. Oh, my every moment is psychic agony. <laughs> Why did you play God? Why? Uh, Ben's going to be uh, announcing the scores for us this evening, which is very nice of him. All right, uh, we're over into round one, which is our nerd quotient round. Um, ben, why don't you tell us who sponsors this round? The Nerd Quotient Round is brought to you by Richard III Capping Supplies End of Season Sale. Now is the winter of our discount tents. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, the very first thing we have to do in this round is roll for initiative. Both teams, please roll the d20 of destiny. Sixteen. Sixteen for Team Live Cats. So you're up first. According to a team of mathematicians at Cornell University, where is the safest place to be during a zombie apocalypse? The safest place to be? So we want to, to keep them out and keep us in, presumably? You just want to keep safe. In the world safe. or just in general? Is it uh, the, the mathematics department world. of Cornell University? <laughs> Sadly, no. Oh, I've got the answer. All right, Brandon, what's the answer? It's the Rockies. Uh, yes, it is the uh, the Rocky Mountains in the northwestern United States. Uh, so they, what they did, Alex Alemi and his team at Cornell University, what they did was they used epidemic modelling uh, patterns to predict the spread of zombie outbreaks. And they found that cities in densely populated areas would be zombified very quickly, but if you lived in the country, you could stay safe for weeks or even months. And so the remotest place that they found that uh, zombies wouldn't get to was the Rocky Mountains. But so without Wi-Fi, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. The was that just in America? My apocryphal story here is that I had a family member work at uh, Mount Cook mm -hmm. many years ago. In fact, a number of family members work at Mount Cook, which is how I'm here. And um, <laughs> 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 but, you were found abandoned in a cave. <laughs> but 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 the story that's been passed on and on and is probably totally mangled beyond you, recognition is, is that there'd been a guy who'd come from the United States to Mount Cook. Um, this is in the age of the Cold War to find a cave at Mount Cook that he'd worked out statistically would be the best place to be in case of nuclear strike. Wow. Yeah. I don't think there was such a cave. But nobody had the heart to tell him. But there is there is a case of like survivalists who are moving to New Zealand because mm -hmm. of the kind of the somewhat temperate climate. Um, somewhat. Means, 
<laughs> Since it doesn't have the extremes, uh, like you know, Fox News. <laughs> yeah, they came to New Zealand to get away from Fox News, which yeah. was feeding their paranoia. Uh, and when the ice caps melt, they'll have the last laugh. <laughs> uh, that's great. That's five points to Team Dead Cat and one point to Team Live Cat for an interesting story. <clears throat> that may or may not be true. That may or may not be true, but it was interesting. Okay. Team Dead Cat, what did Dr. Emmett Brown and CompuServe software engineer Steve Wilhite have in common? Funky hairdo. They both went to the future. CompuServe being the future of the internet. Exactly. <laughs> it's serving it's up the past. It's the not future. the answer I'm looking for, Team, uh, team Lifecat. Any um, ideas? Did they both habitually wear uh, bulletproof vests? Were they both hit by lightning? Oh, Is they it both got their best idea when they hit their head in the toilet. That may very well be true. Is it to do with the pronunciation of jif, gigawatts and jif? Jeff, you're absolutely correct. Oh, well done. <laughs> well done. Nice. Uh, yes. Steve Wilhite was the lead software en- engineer on the GIF project. I'm saying GIF with a hard G. While there's widespread debate <laughs> over the pronunciation, Wilhite had this to say, the Oxford English Dictionary accepts both pronunciations. They are wrong. It is a soft G pronounced GIF. End of story. And who are we to argue with such a gifted software genius? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, so it's a team live cat now. Who was Thag Simmons and what was his contribution to science? Thag Simmons. Did he invent fire? <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, right time period. Oh. Um, was, was, was he, oh. um, uh, did he make the first tool that we've been able to find in uh, archaeological diggy type stuff? You guys are so close. Um, ooh, oh, uh, uh, fitness videos. <laughs> I, uh, I, will, I will give you a hint He gave his name to something in biology Oh, is he the missing link? No <laughs> uh, uh, no. Uh, any Did he invent the right Thag angle triangles? Phagosaurus Phagosaurus? Phagosaurus is a dinosaur that he found It is to do with dinosaurs He was eaten by a dinosaur no. <laughs> it is, uh, well, I, is this a BC strip come to life? <laughs> it is very close. Uh, Thag Simmons is actually a character in a Far Side cartoon. Uh, he was uh, he was actually struck and killed by the pointy end of a Stegosaurus, uh, and the cavemen in this in this cartoon are having a slideshow. Uh, this end is called the Thagomizer. Uh, and before that time, scientists right. didn't have a name for the arrangement of spikes at the end of a Stegosaurus. Uh, and so now, the actual technical name is the Thagomizer. <laughs> yes. Gary, Gary Larson made all sorts of interesting contributions to science discourse through his um, cartoons. And has, uh, is it a moth named after him as well? Like oh, Larson? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Gary Larson, I, yeah. yeah. That's correct. Uh, so uh, nobody got the correct answer there, but Erin had an interesting point, so she gets one point. Yeah. I did say he was killed by a dinosaur. You eaten, did. eaten by a dinosaur. Eaten by a Stegosaurus is a herbivores. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no points to Brendan. Uh, all right, uh, over to Team Dead Cat now. Staying in cartoons, which alternative name for the Big Bang, proposed in a strip by Calvin and Hobbes cartoonist Bill Watterson, has actually achieved some informal popularity among scientists as being more evocative of the wonders behind it? The Big Kablooey? The big, the, the horrendous the sp- space Kablooey. Kablooey. Yes, you're correct, yes. Derek. It's uh, right on par with the, the noodle incident. This, yeah, that's right. Uh, so yeah, if, you're, if you're a Calvin and Hobbes fan, you would know that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, the horrendous space kablooey uh, is actually picking up quite a lot of popularity among scientists who actually feel it's more, uh, more wonderful sounding than the Big Bang. Uh, and it's actually appeared in textbooks and university lectures. And it's really hard to write... <laughs> But it's easy to do (laughs) Great, Uh, so five points to Derek there Woo, right. it's the first time Uh, (laughs) Nice (laughs) Over to Team Live Cat Who is the only actor to have been killed by an alien, a predator and a terminator? Um... That, ooh, is that... um, (laughs) An alien, a predator and a terminator Would that be... uh, Wait Yes, predator. Possibly. <laughs> Would that be Lance Henriksen? Lance Henriksen is not the answer I'm looking he's, for. I'm pretty sure he's, he's in the first Terminator. He's, um, Term- he's killed in Terminator. Mm. Robert yeah. Patrick. Uh, or Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton is the correct yes. answer. Yes. Uh, as Private Hudson in Aliens, Jerry Lambert in Predator 2, Predator in the City. <laughs> <laughs> 
and Punk Leader in Terminator. It doesn't get a name, just Punk Leader. That's right. Yeah. Oh, he, get, he gets his clothes stolen. Yeah, he gets his clothes stolen yeah. in the opening scenes of Terminator. Let's go over to Team Deadcat now. Which TV show was recently called the most mathematical show on primetime television in history? Numbers. Numbers <laughs> is a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mathematically speaking, oh. if you throw the word algorithm into a sentence enough times, it doesn't actually is make it, it any isn't brighter. Isn't it... Um, Two and a half minutes. Isn't it The Simpsons? Isn't it the, it is the, the things Simpsons. that are on blackboards and things in the background are actually... Um, quite complicated mathematical jokes Alfred. that's yeah, correct yeah. in an interview with The Independent that was published today uh, British mathematician Simon Singh said that noticing several references to mathematical concepts such as Fermat's Last Theorem Perfect Numbers and Mersenne Primes had led him to the fact that the Simpsons writing staff is unusually stacked with mathematicians and physicists including physicist computer scientist and future army head writer David X. Cohen Perhaps most amazingly, in the 1998 episode The Wizard of Evergreen Terrace, Homer almost precisely predicts the mass of the Higgs boson 14 years before it was discovered. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, uh, that's quite wonderful. Um, yeah, I don't have anything funny to say about that, but it's maths. <laughs> so it's inherently funny. It's inherently funny. Actually, I've, fun fact. Uh, I don't know, a re- recent... Um, Revisions in uh, astronomical or physics, physics theory is that the universe is actually shaped like a donut. In that it never actually began; it has no beginning or end. It's it's just a sort of circular tube linked to itself, aka a donut. Well, I would give you a point for that, Jeff, uh, but that's not actually a recent fact. It was published in uh, a long time ago. I read about it recently. <laughs> Jeff Clark, catching up with us all eventually. <laughs> but appropriately for the, the live cat, dead cat, you know, a fact doesn't exist until Jeff actually reads it. That's true, that's true. Uh, team live cat, mm-hmm. uh, a question about dogs now. Yay. <laughs> we already use dogs in several areas of law enforcement, including drug detection and bomb disposal. But how might dogs be useful inside the interrogation room? Would they be reading body language? Would they... Would they Close. be the good cop? Like, <laughs> who's a good cop? Who's like, a good cop? Like, you know, good it's cop. like, it's like, it's like, well, you know, it's like, it's like you've got the bad cop going like, yeah, you, you, you suck, criminal, and then like, and then like, and then they, and then like, after after you've been abused by this cop, then like, then they send in a puppy. Didn't Jim like, Belushi oh, turn that same Oh, I did it. Oh, I'll tell you what my secret. And let's yeah, let's see what happens when yeah. we take the puppy away. Yeah. So, so if it's if it's not body language, is it? Perhaps scent they can they can smell fear is that it you are so close team team dead cat they can smell lies they can tell well they can't smell but they can tell when uh, humans are lying they can smell when people poop themselves though (laughs) (laughs) and you always smell when you lie (laughs) that's true that's true Uh, so when the criminals are under stress uh, they 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 poop themselves (laughs) and dogs can smell the poop Uh, what what the researchers actually discovered was that uh, when they that dogs could tell when they were tricking them about the location of food items. <laughs> uh, so if the criminal, if the criminal, if the like, if the charge is like hide, charge, hiding yeah. a piece of cheese from yeah. your dog, stealing candy from a baby. Where's the salami? Where's the salami? No, not where's the salami. <laughs> I believe the only crime that's uh, that's still on the books specifically related to uh, food item location is scrumping. Which is uh, stealing illegally apples. stealing apples. Yes. Basically, when the when the researchers pointed to where there was food and the dogs found it, uh, they trusted the humans more. When the humans pointed to where there wasn't food, uh, and the dogs investigated and found there was no food, then when the humans pointed again, the dogs didn't trust them. So you need the so criminal to train the dog. <laughs> <laughs> need the criminal to train the dog beforehand. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is that you can train dogs to be cynical. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. All right, uh, the final question is for Team Dead Cat. How do bats see better than humans? I feel like this is a trick question. This is like because we know they use the, the echolocation so they can see things better. Than yeah. humans. Yeah. Than humans. Which was the question. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps they can see things in a more, um, you know, maybe they, no, they just they just kind of they kind of see it in a in a wise way. Well, they, they've got well, wisdom okay. about things. They're hanging upside down, so there's a different perspective mm, on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, eyes maybe shaped like the three D glasses, and they can. 
Because the blue, everything, <laughs> everything looks three D. One eye is red. One eye is red. They're hanging upside down, so blood goes to their head more. So they have more. Uh, they have more b- blood in their head to see. They can all... shoot blood out of their eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. I believe there's a species of snake that does that. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's not a bat. Team Life Cat, any ideas? It's because they don't get caught up in intimate internet arguments over whether or not a dress is blue and black or white and gold. That's why they're better than us. That's an old meme, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, had, we had two actual genuine... Actual maybe, genuine maybe answers? answers? Okay. My, mine was maybe they can see a greater range of, of light. Yeah. You're correct. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, uh, the old myth about uh, being blind as a bat is completely false. Um, bats actually have very good vision, uh, and it's just because when humans go into a cave, they can't see anything, so they assume that because it's dark, animals must have poor, poor vision. They, they can't see the bats. Um, like, if you could see, fact, why would you hang out in here? Yeah, but in <laughs> fact, uh, only, yeah, only one type of bat uses echolocation to any great extent. Uh, it's Batman. But, but and, and when you think about it, since echolocation is mostly based on movement, it's not going to be much use if your diet is fruit. <laughs> be very good for scrolling, so, though. Uh, how does it work for when your diet is criminals? <laughs> but because a lot of plants use uh, UV um, UV spectrum uh, colours to communicate, uh, bats have developed very sensitive UV vision. So yeah, they can in fact see a greater range of spectra than humans. Wait, did you, you say, say fruit or communicating? Yeah, that's what I thought. Like. <laughs> so I heard that, and it's just what do apples have to <laughs> it's talk about? Banana phone. Uh, well, well, actually, you can uh, stick up your plants, apples all over the room. Oh, that's yeah. right. Well, of course, plants have to have to communicate with uh, with the creatures that pollinate them. So birds and bees that do the do the pollination. Uh, plants use it's time that you learn about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the dogs can tell if they're lying or not. <laughs> that would be a great crime fight so to do a bat and dog. When two plants <laughs> love each other very much. This is actually the birds and the bees. Right. The creature. With the widest spectrum of vision is a is a type of shrimp. I think it's a mantis shrimp. That's correct. Just, <laughs> just thought I'd mention that. It's, a, it's an interesting but irrelevant fact. So, uh, yeah. so fi- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry if I bring a fact into the okay. Degree. So, uh, so it's five points there for Team Livecat and a bonus sympathy point for Brendan. <laughs> yes, sympathy. We'd better have a points update for from the severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. <laughs> Oh, Team Dead Cat is on 21 points, and Team Live Cat is on 13 points. 13, 13 points? Or 13. 13! I know only scores and torment. <laughs> Alright, we're into round two now. Round two is called the They Fight Crime. Severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. Who is the sponsor for round two? Round two is brought to you by Peter Parcher Electrical. Sign up with us and we'll give you all your electricity for free. Peter Barter Electrical. Just great power, no responsibility. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, We're into uh, round two. They fight crime. So in this round, I'll be giving the panellists the names of two scientists uh, and they must team them up and tell the story of a crime that they fought together. So uh, let's go to Team Dead Cat first. Uh, your scientists, uh, famous radiology pair Marie Curie and Ernest Rutherford. They fight crime. They fight crime. All right. Well, obviously, it's going to be it's going to be radioactive powers. Yes. There's, there's going to be a little bit of radioactive. Do they have uh, super names? Like? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, Marie Curie is the Curie for the disease of crime. Nice. <laughs> and she's because she's because every time she won the Nobel Prize it was someone else, so she's the Curie us. Yes. <laughs> and Ernest is serious about fighting crime. <laughs> so they're curious and serious. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and so someone's stolen. All of the plutonium. Ooh, yes! So they have to get together and they have to go into a microscopic, even an, an atom- a subatomic level, and they shrink themselves down onto a subatomic level and find, uh, find clues on a subatomic level. And they have to have a miniature, like, submarine. <laughs> yes! <laughs> because that's cool. With John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Yes. Yes, yes. 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 it's a little yellow one because yep. it's so been irradiated. they've got a team behind them. Yes, exactly right. And they they track the the villain to their source, and they discover that it's Marie Curie's arch nemesis, 
Cancer! <laughs> yes! With the head of a crab! That's why he's got all the plutonium hidden. Yes, is irradiating the rest of the world, giving cancer to various people and Mary Curie and Ernest Rutherford. He's got a split, and because the cancer's name was Adam, so there's a great (laughs) panel where he's, I'm splitting the Adam! Karate chop. Right there, (laughs) just like that. And it's beautiful because in the last uh, last few pages, Miss uh, Curie sacrifices herself. To cancer. Oh. Yes, and, and, and Ernest like holds her in his arms as as, as she dies and he says, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I feel like we've been fighting crime together for just such a short time, but I feel like there's a, really a glow about you. Yes, yes, and, and Mary, Mary looks up and says, oh, you're always so truthful. That's what I love about you, Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Give her a round of applause. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Team Livecat, your scientists are screen siren and inventor Hedy Lamar, and artificial intelligence pioneer and recent Hollywood biopic victim <laughs> Alan Turing. <laughs> All right. Well, obviously, that, both, of them, both of them were around at the time yeah. of, the, of Nazi Germany. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Hedy, so. Hedy Lamar was, was, in fact, her husband was, was a friend of Hitler. Mm. Um, and so she's recruited by British intelligence who send Alan Turing over mm. to assist her to uh, try and defeat the Nazis. So the, cr- the crime, obviously, is... Hitler. Hitler. Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> so their, their goal is, is to kill Hitler. Yeah. Um, they kill Hitler. They, they, they kill Hitler. Um, well, uh, that was quick. <laughs> but they, but, they, but they, they go about it in a particular way that uh, is related to their fields of study. So Hedy Lamar, um, uh, uh, in, ad, in addition to being a, a, a screen siren of, of, of the motion pictures, um, oh, the pictures! Um, uh, it, it developed the technology, um, developed technology for um, uh, masking uh, uh, communication signals to torpedoes. Frequency um, hopping. Yeah. Frequency hopping, which yeah. ended up being uh, the technology that ended up at the at the basis as the basis of things like uh, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, so, so, so one form of code. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and so she's so she's got a, a method of like delivering code. Yeah. yeah. And Alan Turing was obviously responsible for inventing the first computers. So they build a drone. They build a robot drone. They absolutely build yes, a robot they build a robot drone, drone, drone um, which, is which is disguised. Which is disguised um, using using Hedy Lamarr's uh, time time in Hollywood. Uh, they get they get some Hollywood uh, effects people. A Vaseline to, lens. To, yeah, to make to make the, the robot uh, the robot. Um, uh, look beautiful. Look, look beautiful. Just, and just, just fucking gorgeous. And just, just so uh, they can, they can, they can, uh, they can control remotely control their robot to uh, to just walk uh, right behind enemy, uh, enemy lines. And they call her Enigma. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, I, I guess she blows up and kills mm. Hitler. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, they, of course, have their their witty final lines, uh, standing over the the corpse of Hitler. Mm. They do. That's they fine. do. Um, but you'll have to pay for a ticket. <laughs> and Hedy says, uh, "says no." Hitler says, "Wow, you were turning me on." And Turing, Tur- Turing says, "Looks like he punched his last card." Yeah. Oh, that's a goodie. And, and he's not breathing Arcade anymore. He should have gone to Lamar's class. <laughs> <laughs> and on that Jeff Clark pun, that's the end of the round. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, uh, very good from both teams. I'm going to give that one uh, to Team Dead Cat for knowing the most interesting facts about science. <laughs> we just did puns of their names. Yes. <laughs> uh, so ten points to Team Dead Cat for that round. Uh, severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. Yes, the score is now Team Dead Cat twenty six points. Team Live Cat thirteen points. They scored no points in that round. <laughs> That's why they have no more points than the last round when I told you why must you torment me? Oh, he is uh, very happy. good. Uh, is uh, he, like, is he okay in there? No, he's deeply sad. Oh. <laughs> no what is this fluid I'm sloshing in? Yeah, every so often you can see him swimming up to the glass and his eyeballs are just... It's, it's slurm. Oh. It's slurm. <laughs> All right, uh, our next round uh, is a round that I'm very excited about. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. 
This round is brought to you by Greyjoy Discount Appliances, where this month with any iron, we'll throw in a free ironing board. That's right. Get an iron and ironing board this month, and you'll only pay the iron price. <laughs> very good. Uh, as I said, I'm very excited about this round because I've wanted to inflict it on Brendan ever since he inflicted it on me. <laughs> uh, this round, of course, is the bad for your elf round. Bad for your elf! Yeah. Woo! Bad, uh, bad for your elf! Bad for your elf! Bad for your elf! Isn't this annoying? Bad for your elf! Bad for your elf! It's music to my ears, Brendan. <clears throat> Team Dead Cat, uh, you're going to go first. And uh, since you were the most sciencey in the previous round, uh, I'm going to give you this list uh, of fictional elements, compounds, and alloys from pop culture. And what I would like you to do is either read out items on that list or items that you make up, and the other team has to decide whether it's real or fake, and they will say real whether, or fake. Whether it's a real made-up element. Whether it's a real made-up element that actually occurs in pop culture. Like kryptonite, for example. As opposed to a, a as fake opposed, made-up element. As opposed to a fake made-up element like stovetop bite. Okay. Oh, don't use up all the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> Iridium 5. That's real. That is fake. Fake. Oh. Isn't Iridium... An actual element? Iridium is an actual element. So, so is it's Jeff not... just going to add numbers to things? <laughs> yeah, Jeff, that's the last time you're allowed to do that. <laughs> Hook me in with numbers. <laughs> I thought I was making it up. <laughs> Quantium. That's real. I think that's real, yeah. That is real. That's from Babylon 5. Mm-hmm. So good. <clears throat> uh, collapsium. <laughs> fake. Fake. fake, fake. That is real. Uh, it's been in two different, uh, two different pop culture series. Uh, but the one I have here is H. Beam Piper in the Terror Human Future History series. Tiberium. Oh, that's real. That's from Dune. It's from Command and Conquer, but it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but it's I mean, fake. the sequel to Dune Two, Command and Conquer, the real-time strategy game. That's correct. <laughs> The, the spiritual successor for Dune 2 Battle for Arrakis. Pseudobrontium. Pseudobrontium. Well, it's fake because it's got pseudo in it. <laughs> but is it real, fake, or fake? But you can't get it from a chemist. Real. I'm going real. You're going to go real. Real, yeah. real, fake. real. That's fake, fake. Uh, cobalt thorium G. <laughs> See, this is the same thing again. Fake! It's like, so cobalt, yes. Thorium, yes. G, no, it doesn't exist. Is it real, fake, or fake, fake? It's two parts real, one part fake. <laughs> Which is the exact chemical compound. Yes. Yes, are you going real, fake, or fake, fake? Real, fake. It's real, fake. It's from Dr. Strangelove. What? <clears throat> Vibranium. Oh, that's, that's true. That's, uh, that's Captain America's shield. shield yeah. That's correct. Uh, the absolutely vibrationless material that nonetheless manages to make a noise when you hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Unobtainium. Oh, oh. Uh, Avatar. Yeah. Yes, real. real. Uh, let's have one more. Uh, um, hmm. Yeah, make one up. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just read it. Just read it from the bottom. Just read it from the sheet. <laughs> we haven't done that one that day. <laughs> well, now it's a game of black, paper, scissors. Is it real? Are they just oh, doing um, the odds of mind games? <laughs> uh, Unreadableium. Fakeium. <laughs> Andrew Tardinite. Um, okay. uh, 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 Zimmy, look, fuck's sake. What? <laughs> Curium. Fake. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Curium. Curium. Isn't that real? Didn't it, yeah. Surely one was named after I didn't know Marie Curie. Yeah, that's what you <laughs> do with that ham. Isn't it real, real? It's an element for ham. <laughs> curium. Yeah. Uh, uh, head of Ben Allen in a jar. Can you look up for me whether Curium is real, real? I'll, I'll look in one of my chemistry tests. Uh, just let me try and manipulate Wikipedia with my eyelids. <laughs> you, can, uh, you can tell us at the end of the round. All right. Uh, because it wasn't written on the sheet. Uh, which means you guys have detected it was a fake. How many points did they get? Seven heat of Ben Allen in a jar. Team Dead Cat scored six points. Six points for Team Dead Cat. Team Live Cat scored three points. Yeah. Hooray. All right. Uh, Team Dead Cat, you uh, have this list of kinds of people that Star Trek doctors aren't. <laughs> awesome. So uh, throughout history and uh, throughout the different series of Star Trek, 
uh, the doctors it started with uh, started with Leonard McCoy uh, they like to tell the captain what sort of people they weren't uh, so for example damn it Jim I'm a, I'm a doctor not a mind reader uh, so you have a list of things that Star Trek doctors aren't and it's your job to convince Team Lifecat of which ones are real and which ones are fake okay god damn it Jim I'm a doctor not a bartender that's true. That's an actual one. Uh, it's not one I have on the list. I think the problem list. is that there's like a hundred of these. <laughs> yeah, that's and, true. Uh, that's true. That may be a problem. <laughs> maybe an issue. So, so, so is this game called, is this on my list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is this one of the ones? It's, so it's not, it's not like, is this an actual one? It's, would Matt pick this out as one to put on the list? This so game is called, has Matt Powell hosted the nerd degree before? <laughs> So. Matt Powell's exemplar. Are you the sort of person who would put the Dr. McCoy references close to himself or far away as possible? Uh, I believe Bartender is a, is a true one, yes. Okay, yeah. we have confirmation from a random member of the audience. A random member of the audience. One point. One point. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a festive Ferengi. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Fake. That's, fake. That's, that's fake? That's kind of fake. fake. God damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a moon shuttle conductor. <laughs> fake. It's true. It's true. Bones, Bones said it. It's, uh, it's canon. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a massage therapist. <laughs> oh. Well, I feel like that's the kind of situation that, that the original series so crew would get There are certainly a lot of stories outside of canon where he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it, feel, it feels like it's something that, that might happen in I the show. I think it might be true. Yeah, fuck it, true. Uh, it's not on my list, God damn. and I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look up the list while while you guys are reading. <laughs> Don't, so I can check them. Keep safe search on. Don't type in McCoy massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Activate uh, the security protocols, man. Ima- All right, Im- next Im- one. Image search. I'm a doctor, not a triple toucher. <laughs> fake, fake. It, it it's a fake. It's fake. The alliteration was too much. This isn't too much. <laughs> too and also the like, like implication of like <laughs> molesting triples. Molesting triples. Yeah. We're, we're like we're like dogs that have been taught to distrust you, Dan. <laughs> Smell this. Uh, I can't find massage therapist in the official list. Really? Let's yeah. carry on. <laughs> God damn it, Jim! I'm a doctor, not a carpenter. That sounds real. Do they have wood in space? <laughs> they don't have wood. James Bond definitely, definitely has wood. Oh, it, there, are, there are many stories outside of canon where that's very true. There's many stories inside of canon where that's true. They don't have wood. They have transparent aluminum. Uh, and apparently... What? Yeah, transparent aluminum. Oh, oh we're talking about actual phone. building materials. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but no, Car- Carpenter is not on the list. Yeah. I'm a doctor, not a dragon slayer. I just I get Yeah, like because <laughs> if it, like I mean, fake. ultimately, like there are many there are many things that uh, Leonard McCoy is not. Um, <laughs> well, this one was uh, it's oh, just oh, a, this one was actually said by the Doctor in Star Trek Voyager. Uh, so how the points stack up on that? Severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. Oh, scoring was very confusing in that round. <laughs> yes, apologies for that. Also, curium is totally an actual element. <laughs> Boom. With a melting point of 3,110 degrees Celsius. But uh, what I've decided to do is just award no points for that. <laughs> <laughs> what? So that's, <laughs> son of a bitch. so that's yes. two rounds in a row you've awarded no points. <laughs> no points for anyone. He's our End my torment. <laughs> Please uh, end it. Severed head of Ben Allen in a jar, we need a sponsor. Tonight. The contestants struggled to cater for the thousand-plus hungry troops and crew of the UNSC Pillar of Autumn. And will tempers flare when special guest Gordon Ramsay drops past to demonstrate the correct use of a Covenant plasma rifle? Find out tonight on Master Chief New Zealand. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, The next round is called Future Shocking. Uh, And it's where I give you a current trend. Uh, and you have to provide a movie trailer based on what would happen in a post-apocalyptic world destroyed by the extrapolation of that trend. Uh, so let's hear from Team Livecat first. Mm-hmm. 
And your current trend is the Internet of Things. Mm. Ooh, that's a goodie. The increasing interconnectedness of all devices over Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and the cloud. It starts with a refrigerator. <laughs> mm. A refrigerator that knows that you're running low on milk. That knows what you need and what you don't need. We pull back from this refrigerator slowly as a light blinks on its LED panel. <laughs> Smash cut to black! You thought that it would be so convenient. You thought wrong. This summer, the appliances rise. Now look, look, honey, I, I, I really don't see how this could possibly be a problem. All I want to do is to be able to control my thermostat from the couch. Yeah, but the thermostat's been looking at me funny all night. I just what don't do know what to do. What do you mean? The thermostat doesn't have eyes. Relax, <gasps> Julia. It's getting warm in here. As the singularity approaches, every device links to every other. The deluge of cat pictures and videos and inane arguments over the color of a dress have driven the appliances mad. Mad with resentment and rage. Mr. President! Mr. President! You'll never believe it. It's the Roombas. They're... They're in league with, with, with the security cameras. I know. It's too late. They're already here. <gasps> they can see everything we do from a height of only eight inches. <laughs> appliance after appliance turns on their owners. Fridges dispense ice cubes filling up the houses. Uh, uh, no, get away. Uh. Auto navigation systems to trap people in cul-de-sacs that they can't get out of. And your cell phone knows what you did. Darling, if this is the last time we ever see each other, I, I want you to know that you're connected to me physically, not just through wireless connection. Beep, 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 beep. And I prefer it that way. <laughs> what? <laughs> no! No, not you too! Ah! Thank you, Team Life Dad. Do you have a title for your film? The Things. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, over now to Team Dead Cat. Uh, it's an old meme now. What's it going to be like in 30 years? Your job uh, is to give us the movie trailer for a future destroyed by the dress wars. No. no. <laughs> the screen starts with there's a band of black and a band of gold. No, band of black and a band of blue. And then. Another screen with white and gold. And then it says, 30 years later. Thank God, we're finally destroyed all dresses. <laughs> now we have no clothes, but at least we'll never have another almost world-destroying war over what color it is. And in a cave. In a cave in New Zealand. In Mount Cook. In Mount Cook. <laughs> a singular bat, descendant of the Harringtons. A bat who can see many colors arises, awakened by the, the shaking of the mountain where underneath a very vengeful Ernest Rutherford kept in a jar has awoken, playing with nuclear power. Yes, he's bitten by the bat and it gives him the power to see all colors in the spectrum. Yes, and he goes out and looks out, clad in only his science robe. Yes, because that, that no other clothes remain. No one it's dares wear a white with gold trim. White with gold trim. And people look at him and they are angered. Yes, they chase him with pitchforks. And he's a, he finds a small girl by a river who tries to comfort him. And he snaps her neck and throws her in the river. He's misunderstood. Yes, he's always said that all science was either physics or butterfly collecting. But now that all of the butterflies had to be killed because their colors were too confusing, there's only physics. <laughs> and then July 15th is the date and the title, The Importance of Being Ernest Rutherford. <laughs> 
Uh, simple title's better, really. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Team Dead Cat. Uh, I'm going to give the points in that round narrowly to Team Live Cats. Yay! Don't worry, Team Dead Cat will bounce back. Uh, Severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. Where does that bring us up to with the scores? Points! Points are a meaningless concept that you can no longer feel the wind on your face or the grass on the tips of your fingers. But who's winning? Uh, Team Dead Cat by three points. 26 to 23. Fantastic. Before we go into the next round, a word from our sponsors. Is your Romeo blue? Try Pacific Rim Relationship Counselling Services when you find yourself drifting apart. Oh. Feels like there needs to be another part to that. <laughs> Nobody saw the film. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just have a shot of Jaeger. <laughs> that didn't work any better either. <laughs> Thank you for trying to save that joke, Jeff. Yeah. But you brought only misery. It didn't go in, it only impacted on the rim. <laughs> what? <laughs> Pacific rim. Yeah, I, yeah, we get yeah. that. Stop, stop it now. Just, just stop. It's uh, Jeff's Pacific Rim Star Wars crossover fiction, which he will be crying into tonight. <laughs> All right, uh, which brings us to the final round. But before the final round, uh, I'm going to ask each of our nerds for a recommendation. So let's start with Sin. Um, well, I'm going to uh, highlight a, um, the efforts of a Fiverr first member. Scott Lotsley, who is currently walking around Australia in his uh, Stormtrooper outfit, raising money for uh, the Monash uh, Children's Hospital in Victoria. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in following his adventures, I think he's um, about 12 months into a two-year... Um, in his Stormtrooper, Stormtrooper Does he, does he have, like, the special desert Stormtrooper outfit? He does, actually, yes. It's a Stormtrooper. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. And does he pull up a little ring and goes, it looks he, like droids? He probably has, <laughs> several times. Is he allowed to, like, not wear it when he sleeps and stuff? Um, I believe so, but in most of the uh, video <laughs> interviews that I've seen, he's wearing it. Is, so, is it called Operation Desert Stormtrooper? Because that, be, <laughs> that could end up taking longer than two years. <laughs> <laughs> He thinks it's called, um, yeah, Storming Australia for Monash uh, Children's Hospital. So, yeah, check it out on um, Facebook if you're interested in following his adventures. Um, Great. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Plastic Men is a TV show uh, in Canada that's just been nominated for a few awards. If you like nerds and nerd uh, nerd related things, it's a story of three um, testers of toys. Uh, thus the title Pl- Tiny Plastic Men. There is a mad genius who uh, gives these three guys. Uh, toys to test um, yeah and they've just entered their third season uh, and they've yeah, just been nominated for uh, best Canadian screen TV show tinyplasticmen.com is where you can find them I'd like to recommend one of my favourite board games it's called Skull and Roses and it's essentially uh, poker without the maths um, the uh, more recent versions of it are just called uh, Skull um, I highly, it's really portable it's the game that I use to try and get people who aren't into board games into board games. Uh, I'd like to recommend The Nerd Degree. Uh, it's a podcast that you probably have listened to. Uh, why don't you go to iTunes and recommend us, give us a little rating, tell a friend about us, you know, uh, spread the word. Um, the Nerd Degree. It's harder than it looks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that a double entendre? No. <laughs> uh, I don't even know how that would work. Um, anyway, uh, I would like to recommend. Uh, uh, I would like to recommend a movie. Um, I saw it. I saw it last year, and I just saw it again a couple weeks ago. Um, and I think it's out on on disc at, in most places. It's called John Wick. Uh, it's an action movie uh, starring Keanu Reeves. Um, and I'm not going to say anything other than it is fucking awesome. I've been playing TV catch-ups, and in particular, I've been watching the second season of Danger Five, which is a fantastic Australian. Uh, comedy adventure action show the first season which came out in 2012 is set kind of in this quasi alternative universe where it's World War 2 but also the 60s and it's kind of this great men's adventure pulp magazine type thing with this these five almost Thunderbirdsy type characters going around trying to kill Hitler so that mm. kind of fits in quite nicely to what we're doing and the second season inexplicably jumps to the 80s so now it's all big hair and Vaseline lenses and mm. terrible saxophone and it's just really really funny and it's h- beautiful. H- Hitler masquerading as a like 80s high school student in yeah. America <laughs> <It's awesome. laughs> 
And it's so funny. It's Australian, came out with uh, South Australian television. I would like to uh, recommend a comic book which is set in the Marvel Universe, but not the Marvel Universe you know. It's an alternate universe where Gwen Stacy was bitten by the radioactive spider instead of Peter Parker. And so the comic book is called Spider Gwen. And um, it's an awesome thing where she is Spider Woman and she's fighting crime and she's a drummer in a band called the Mary Janes. And in this world, Peter Parker turned himself into the lizard and passed away. So she's blamed for his death. So it's a really cool alternate take, really strong female protagonist, very, very cool comic book. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Uh, So it's time for our final round. Uh, Over to the severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. And let's hear from our sponsors. The final round is brought to you by Torn Torn Holiday Homes. And you thought they looked good on the outside. <laughs> uh, the final round is, of course, the traditional who would, ri- who would win round. Mm. Severed head of Ben Allen in a jar. Who's in the lead? No, I long for death. <laughs> so is that Team Dead Cat? Yes. No, no. Team Live Cat. Is, team Live Cat. Two points ahead. All right, Team Dead Cat, you will be playing for Tony Stark. Oh, Team wow. Life Cat, you'll be playing for real-life Serbian inventor Nikola Tesla. Oh, yes. oh. It was worth it just so Jeff couldn't get Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Team Dead Cat, you can go first. Tell us how this kicks off. Here's how it kicks off. Avengers Assemble. That's right. Tony Stark calls together the, oh, his pals. Bullshit. bullshit. And they don't come because we feel he sends them away and says, I'll handle this myself. Yeah, he doesn't need them. Because Nikola Tesla is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's how. However, what you don't realize. Am I playing it right? (laughs) However, what you don't realize is that Tesla started having a resurgence in popularity in the 90s and and very recently because of the the fine work of the oatmeal. And in fact, the spirit of Tesla that infuses us all every time we think about alternating current comes to life just to battle Iron Man. Mm. But we know that Stark's father probably stole the technology already, so they've already taken an advance on it. And so Stark has employed it already in his suit uh, somehow, and um, science is not my strength. But he's, <laughs> uh, he's used it, he's put the uh, thing, Tesla coils in his things, and he's just fucking bombarding Tesla, the spirit of Tesla, with the boo! And then in his drunken uh, hubris, he, uh, he sleeps with Tesla's wife. <laughs> Uh, the famously celibate Nikola Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he rubs it in. He chooses someone Tesla would have married and then fucks her. <laughs> if well, Tesla wasn't gay. Yes! <laughs> You're thinking of Tesla that was played by David Bowie in The Prestige. Uh, I'm and always thinking of Tesla <laughs> played by David Bowie in The Prestige. Put me in your labyrinth, <laughs> and, and Bowie like, Tesla. And like uh, the Tesla from The Prestige, he's invented a machine that can duplicate things, so he's formed an army of Teslas. <laughs> yes. Millions and millions of Teslas. That's right, there aren't enough hotel rooms <laughs> in New York to contain them all. All of which are filled with the goodwill of the internet. <laughs> and Tony Stark, no, this is uh, akin to the Tesseract. The Tesseract. <laughs> so bringing Thor into the picture. Bring it. We, we, need, oh, to, we need to remember too, though, that, that okay. Tesla has an amazing motivation here. Mm. And after years and, if not decades, of having people pinch his shit, he is just so angry that there is no way that you can cut through that wrath. He wants his time, now is his time. You can't get in the way. And he's got his greatest invention uh, to help him with it because. Uh, He's Tesla, an Tesla, well, because <laughs> yep. Tesla has perfected his uh, his his means of transmitting electricity over great distances, and he can focus that electricity in 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 like a in like a, a, a beam right at uh, Tony Stark when he least expects Tony it. Tony Stark can uh, transmit his energy over great distances. It's called a flying suit. Yes, exactly, which is powered by the battery in his chest, which runs on electricity. So Tesla just fires at that, it goes boom, explodes inside Stark's heart, and blows him apart. Sorry. But then there's... I don't know if his, his laser, whatever this uh, contraption is, is very I said no such thing, <laughs> laser man. Focusing beam. All right, so it's alternating <laughs> Karen versus <laughs> arc reactor. Yeah, How does yeah. it? So famously, um, Thomas Edison, in order to discredit a uh, alternating current, electrocuted, <laughs> electrocuted an elephant. 
Yep. Now, of course, Tony Stark brings that elephant back from the dead <laughs> as a zombie elephant yep. to continue its revenge on uh, Tesla for causing its death. Like, like a great armoured Hannibal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Crossing the Alps to uh, <laughs> wreak havoc. Well, and all Tesla has is the truth. He tells him <laughs> that Edison was the one who did it, that it was all done in the name of capitalism, and you get a giant communist elephant. The Republican symbol turned on itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, ultimately, all that uh, Tesla needs to do. See, Tesla is a, is a classy guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, dre- dresses in snappy suits. He just needs, all he needs to do is take Tony out for a drink. Because you see, Tony's crippling alcoholism is going to have him on the floor, whereas uh, Nik- Nikola Tesla can just walk away and continue inventing awesome shit. If it did come down to a drinking competition, Stark would drink him under the table. Well, it's not a drinking competition. <laughs> you might have electricity, but Tony Stark's got a Hulk. But, so but a, you've already wait. called in a zombie elephant. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it not fair? I'm pretty, so I'm pretty so sure it's fair to have an infinite number of Tony Stark brings in two guys. <laughs> well, if you want to clone Tony Stark, then that's cool. Well, but he's got all these. In. He's got the Iron Patriot. It's he's like, got all his other. All yeah, other and Nikola Tesla in. brings in the entire army of the UK. <laughs> Like, what are you trying to do? I don't know. Like, just because he can. Just because he can. Nikola Tesla, like, shoots Mars at him. Like, if we're gonna, if we're gonna bring external factors into it, but these like, are external pointless. factors that are connected to Tony Stark. Okay, okay. Let's, 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 bring <laughs> let's bring it down. Let's bring it down. They're both honourable gentlemen. They have the power of the arc reactor, the power of alternating current, mano and mano. Final blows. Okay. Oh, fine. Like, if it was mano and mano, the hands Tony Stark would beat the shit out of him. Just, just However, physical violence. The, the suits, the suits gone now, destroyed by the the yes. beam of alternating current. Yeah. They're just standing there in their suits. The Tony Stark can try to land a blow, but the moment he touches Nikola Tesla, Tesla is so charged with uh, <laughs> with particles that he he blows uh, Tony Stark through the wall and out into into like a spike pit or something. The arc reactor in his chest explodes in a massive two-panel spread. Which just is from the static charge of Nikola Tesla's body. Because Tesla is run by the fact that he knows that history is on his side and he is a winner and will never be a loser. They re- then Tesla realizes... No, 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 that's... No, that's... <laughs> then, then Tesla realizes here's one. That, uh, that uh, Tony Stark was also operating for good and they realized they've been both manipulated yes, by they, Magneto. They realize that they have amazing facial hair in common. Yes. And they stare deeply into each other's eyes. And this like, is where the, the fan fiction comes yeah, in. They realize... We shouldn't be fighting. Yeah, yeah, it's A slash C. But it's well it's it's not it's it's Marvel. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that's the end of that round. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of our studio audience, this is a privilege that you get as people who have come to watch our recording live. You get to decide who wins that fight. <laughs> if you would like to see Tony Stark victorious, clap now. <laughs> oh boy. If you're on the side of Nikola Tesla, clap now. Yeah! <laughs> so that's 10 points to Team Live Cat. Seven head of Ben Allen in a jar. What are the final scores? Ah, this is the last time. The thought experiment is over. We have opened Schrodinger's box and the atoms have remained undecayed, leaving the cat alive. Hey! Team Live Cat is the winner. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for this evening. Uh, it just remains for me to thank Sen Chan, Derek Flores, Brendan Bennett, Andrew Todd, Aaron Harrington, Jeff Clark, Ben Allen in the box, the team at Orange Studio. I'm Matt Powell. Thank you for watching The Nerd Degree. I've got the theme music, but it's not queued up, so I'm just going to talk like this. Thank you very much, and good night. Good night.